It's time for the PowerMizzou.com podcast with interviews and analysis of your Missouri Tigers. Now, here's your host, Gabe DeArmond. Welcome back to another week of the PowerMizzou.com podcast. Gabe DeArmond and Brian Austin here and Rob Cassidy, one of the regional analysts for Rivals.com on the phone. Rob, taking a little time out of covering Florida to cover Missouri. So we appreciate that. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. You know, I always like coming back around there. I, I went to college in the area. I enjoy the Midwest uh, thoroughly, so I was we, happy to get to drop by in St. Louis. We like you as much as we like any K-State person, So, except Bill Snyder. Hey, I like Bill that's, Snyder that's, better that's, than you. Look, man, I'm a lot cooler than Bill Snyder. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. You I are a lot of time covering that man. Not not cooler than Frank Martin, though. Oh, no, that's, that's another, that's for another podcast. I mean, you know, Frank is a guy that once went on Kansas city radio and said I should be fired. So I don't have a lot of love in my heart for for Frank Martin. How many final fours have you been to, Ross? Uh, coached in zero, but okay. you know, I've been to as many as he has oh. <laughs> in person. All right. That counts for something. Anyway, uh, enough K-State stuff. Rob was with us at the rivals three stripe camp. I, I have to think about what to call that every single time I do it, but the three-stripe camp in O'Fallon where a lot of the local kids were on display, and Rob, four of the St. Louis kids got invited to the five-star challenge. So just kind of after watching general impressions of this class that in the state of Missouri has been called probably the best one in 25 years. Look, you know, you've got your players in there, and Trevor Trout's a player and Cameron Babb's a player. Michael Thompson is a, you know, I put him on a different level than those other dudes. I don't know if it's, you know, I've talked to Josh Hemholt, who covers the region, who says, you know, he's never really looked that good. But I've now seen him twice in a month. I saw him in Nashville uh, going up against some Southeast talent. He completely dominated all those guys. Totally dominated that St. Louis camp. He's built like a million bucks. You know, I love that kid. Um, I think that kid could easily come down to Florida and be one of the top players in this state. Uh, So, you know, I, I was definitely impressed by him. And, you know, the, the other guys below him, you know, Bab's a fine player and Trevor Trout is a fine player. And, you know, those other guys are good. But, man, Thompson, I've walked away from that camp thinking, all right, that's two times in a month this dude's looked, you know, like a million bucks. What is it about him? I guess just the combination of size and quickness. It, it, I mean, that's what I, it stands out to me when I look at it. But uh, an expert like you, what, what kind of makes him, separates <laughs> him from everybody like else? Me. Yeah, I mean, you said it. I mean, they just don't build guys that look like him and block like him that move like that. He's got incredibly light feet for, and you know, the scary part is he's probably carrying some bad weight and they'll probably mm-hmm. reshape him when he gets to wherever he's going, whether that be Mizzou or elsewhere. Uh, and he'll probably get even better. I mean, the upside on this kid is, is off the charts. And like I said, I think that he could, he could come down here in a talent rich place like, like Florida and be a top prospect. Defensive line at that camp was loaded because that's where a lot of the talent is in St. Louis. So beyond Thompson, who, by the way, I've been told could, be an NFL offensive lineman, but probably will play defensive line. Uh, but the other guys that were there, Trevor Trout, good day. Ronnie Perkins, I, I think kind of what we've heard about him, which is he might be the best player in the state when he actually brings it and puts it all together, but nobody's quite drawn that out of him yet. I thought it, Ronnie was decent on, on Sunday, but I don't think we quite saw out of him what we saw out of some of the other guys. No, he was fine, you know, and that was the first time I'd seen him in person. So I can't really speak to what he's like on a good day, but I've heard the same things you're saying, you know, from Josh and other guys where, you know, there are days where he'll flash it. Uh, He definitely, you know, he didn't flash it that day. And, you know, even for Trout, I've seen Trout a lot. 
Uh, he was at the five-star challenge last year. I think he did very well. I don't think that he was as good at that camp as he was when I saw him a year ago. And I'm not saying he was bad because he still had a good day, but not from what I've come to expect from him, I think. And maybe it was just an off day. It probably was. Uh, but, you know, he's going to be fine. You know, he's going to come back to the five-star challenge this year. Uh, and, you know, he'll get to play against the best in the country again. And we'll see what he does. You had a chance to talk to all these guys about uh, recruiting it and where they think other their their contemporaries, their peers are going to go. What, what, I mean, I, a lot of people probably already read the story, but just kind of give us a rundown. What, what was the feeling you got from those guys talking to them about that? Yeah, and, you know, I talked to them on the record and off, and I think I said this on your guys' message board a couple of days ago. Kids in Missouri, for the most part, especially this group of kids, you get the feeling that they all want to go to Missouri. I think if all things are equal – part of them wants to talk themselves into going to Missouri. Now, Missouri has to make this easy on them, right? They can't right. come out in the fall and lay an egg, uh, and then it starts getting dicey. But I think if, I think they want to go there. Uh, Missouri just has to give them a reason to go there. It's not like one of these other schools, and we use my alma mater as an example, where K-State has to fight to get the top in-state town. I think that all they have to do is not have a disaster happen, uh, and I think they'll, they'll be right there for all of these guys, and we'll get at least some of them. Uh, what can't happen is for them to give them an excuse, give other schools an excuse to recruit against them and say, why would you want to do this? So I think the season is woefully important to land this class. Yeah, and, and that's, I, I feel like, the case with Perkins, Thompson, Trout, and even Cameron Babb, who is a guy who, I, it reminds me a little bit of the Dorial Green-Beckham recruitment in that I don't think anyone outside the state of Missouri is really thinking Cameron Babb is going to go to Missouri. But I actually kind of think if if they're decent this year, they, they've got a pretty good shot at Cameron Babb, who, look, receiver was pretty loaded at that camp, so he didn't win the MVP, but he looked about as good as anybody, I thought. Yeah, he looked great. And I probably talked to him, Thompson, and Trout the most of the three at that camp, uh, off the record and on. And I agree with you. I think all three of them want to go to Mizzou, but there is this little bit of hesitance. Right. Like, I'm not going to walk into a situation if they have another one of those bad seasons. Uh, you know, that will give me pause. It's kind of what I got from them speaking to them. But if all things, and I'm not saying Mizzou has to win the SEC. Right. <laughs> just right. as long as they just can be, be competitive decent. and make it see, yeah, I think the, I think they can get all three of them. The, the one kid we haven't talked about, uh, Deli Adeye, who the biggest thing out of last Sunday, I learned how to pronounce his name. Um, like a year, <laughs> yeah, I spelled it wrong in a story. <laughs> Sweet. So. A, a year ago, we already knew who Cameron Babb and Michael Thompson and Trevor Trout and all these guys were. I had no idea who this kid was until probably five months ago, and now he's got like 30 offers. Uh, where's he come from? You know, he's one that I hadn't heard a lot about either. I'd heard Hemholt mention him a couple of times on rankings calls uh, in the past, but that was definitely the first time I'd ever seen him in person. And, you know, obviously now that you've seen him, I mean, it's not rocket science. This job never is to be able to look out there and see who's good and who's bad. I think <laughs> that, you know, people want to make it harder than it is, but it's not. And it was pretty obvious that this kid, you know, is going to have almost every option he wants to have. And you can put him in the second tier of that group of the other guys that were at this camp. Maybe not the top, top tier with the Thompsons and the Trouts and the Babs, but I, you know, I was impressed. I'm going to pat myself on the back here a little bit. Uh, Brock Harold came to the combine on Saturday. I happened to notice him. You guys invited him back the next day. He wins the linebacker MVP. I mean, what did you see any of him at all on Sunday? I know Levon Kirkland was pretty high on him. What, what is it about a kid from a small town like Ozark that was able to come in and beat out Adeye, who's a you know, four-star? This, this happens sometimes. I don't know if you guys remember the St. Louis camp years ago where Tanner Farmer showed up and yeah. nobody knew who that dude was. 
Uh, and the next thing you know, he's going to the breed, no offers. I, I crawled out of some rock in small town Nebraska, wherever he was from, and won the MVP. <laughs> and the next thing you know, he's in the yeah. Under Armour game. Or maybe Illinois. It's all, it all runs together. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe it's the same thing here. I mean, he was impressive at the combine. I didn't see him. You picked him out. <laughs> we went over. We talked to him. He was moving well. I didn't expect him to show up. You know, you expect those kids to show up and compete. But I don't think we've ever had a combine kid that showed up and won the MVP. I think that's a first. Uh, and, you know, he just he, – as he, he's got that frame. And as he adds size, he's, he's going to be a good player. Now, I don't think he's going to be a kid that's going to get offered by Alabama. But, you know, this is a dude that could – they'll find a mid-level major program and, and really make it a home for himself. Well, the lesson here is that Brian Austin will soon be a regional analyst and I will be searching for another staff member. Well, look here, man, and I've always said this, whatever, this probably jeopardizes my job. It's not hard. <laughs> I mean, is, is it hard to go out, like, in a, in, a, in a football game, I could take anybody listening to this podcast out and be like, all right, pick the defensive one player, the division one players on the suit. Right. And it's like, yeah. oh, okay, I'll pick the six, five guy that's fast. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, I mean, it's not rocket science, man. And, and I've said two things about it, it, along those lines. Like, I, I think it's not hard to figure out like the top hundred dudes in the country. Like those guys are just different. You can watch Adrian Peterson in high school and he's different. You know, now what's, sure. what's kind of split in hairs is maybe number like 110 through number 1100 you know you can kind of throw those guys in a hat and a bunch of things we don't know about them are different but the other thing especially in the state of missouri like i if you're a power five player if you're going to play in the sec i better be able to go to a camp like that and say yeah he's better i mean when blaine gabbert walked into a camp i could go yeah that's the division one dude here when i saw sheldon richardson like he was different if i if i don't if i watch you play and i can't say oh that's the division one guy then you're probably not the Division One guy. Like Ryan Williams from uh, Lee Summit West? I, no one in particular, man. I don't like talking about kids. Just saying. <laughs> hey, whatever happened to him? We don't. On the side. I remember watching he, him play. He transferred from Missouri, but we don't – or it announced he was transferring from Missouri. I have no idea what, where he's landed. I still do follow him on Twitter waiting for that uh, elusive tweet of where he is going. But, uh, look, you, like you said, you're – you're from you were around here uh, for school. You covered Texas for a little bit. You've seen some stuff out in Arizona. Now you're in Florida. So give me an idea, especially in Florida, like a, that California, Texas. It's a little bit different. Compare the level of high school football like here in our area to what you see on a weekly basis. It's just different here because of the depth. I mean, there are guys like I said, Michael Thompson come down here and be one of the top players in the state. I don't think it's the top player in Florida is always a million times better than the top player in Missouri. I don't think that's it. But there aren't, I mean, you've got schools like St. Thomas Aquinas here that go too deep at every position with FBS players. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's not an exaggeration or hyperbole. Every kid on that team almost will play college football. Sure, it, surely it, they don't I mean, recruit they've been those. kids. They don't recruit, <laughs> yeah, though. They yeah, just yeah, all right. live in the same district, right? Yeah, they just all happen to live in Fort Lauderdale, right? Then right. you've got your IMG, which is a boarding school for athletes. Like, so they recruit nationally, right? So they all come down here, move to IMG Academy. You know, I think they've got some kids from Missouri in the past. Yeah. So that's another school full of Division One athletes. And then every other school, you know, you've got your second-tier schools that might not have 22 FBS guys on every team, but maybe have 13, <laughs> and so on and so on. And it's just the depth. Uh, and it makes the job a little bit harder and a little bit more fun, right? I mean, you get to go to these games and see all these guys that you're going to see playing on Saturdays or major teams. But at the same time, keeping track of – 200 kids is a lot harder than keeping track of, you know, 20. 50. Yeah. 
Yeah. Dealing with the kids in Missouri, I know that they always feel like they got a kind of chip on their shoulder. I guess it's a little bit. I mean, it's different down there. They just, they all. I mean, they get tired of getting bothered. They all know they're the best. Or, I mean, how's that? I, I feel like kids up here are always thinking they're underrated. They're always underappreciated. I guess the kids in Florida aren't always that way. See, and you know, and they probably there's probably something to that, Brian. Um, just because it's easier, like you can still get lost in Florida. Don't get me wrong. There are some out of the way schools where a kid can get lost, mm-hmm. but for the most part, you can go to these jamborees. They play spring football here all year round, so they're playing real spring games like colleges play, except against other teams. Uh, so you can go see them there. So there's just more of an opportunity to get exposure. You got the All Star Seven on Seven teams that play every weekend out here. There's a Seven on Seven event every weekend in the off season where these kids can go and get exposure. So it's a lot harder to get lost in Florida. In Missouri, you know, you don't have a lot of people in the industry living in Missouri, first of all. Um, and there's not the seven-on-seven. Seven, and there's not loaded teams. So if you want to – I mean, who's going to drive to every high school in the state of Missouri, including right. the remote ones, right. uh, and find some of these guys? So it's a lot easier for them to slide under the radar than it is here in Florida. All right, I just got one more for you, Rob. And we've had Farrell on the podcast before and talked about this a little bit. And I'll ask you more nicely than I asked him. I think I asked him why he hates every team in America. But um, <laughs> all these camps, and and we're gonna have the five star in in early Indi- or early June in Indianapolis. So then, just for people listening, kind of explain the process from there of when you guys get on a conference call or sit down or whatever and say, okay, let's redo our rankings. Just just take people through, uh, and, and I know there is more to it than, well, this kid has an Alabama offer, so he gets a five stars, you know, uh, even though people don't think there's more to it. Just take them through the process a little bit. See, th- we won't move anybody unless we've either seen them or there's new film. So even if I regret a ranking that I've made, you know, in the last cycle, and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done that, I'm stuck with it until I either A, go see the kid again, or B, there's new film. Uh, so there's not like, hey, this kid got an Alabama offer. Let's move him up. I mean, it's just, it's just not allowed to happen. It's a hard rule. But basically, it's all of us from all the different regions on a call for two straight days, uh, eight hours each day, going through all the changes we want to make. And, you know, it's one thing. I can submit changes. I have my changes that I like to make. Farrell has kind of the power to, you know, veto uh, Trump those changes. <laughs> yeah, and, and we'll veto those from time to time. Uh, but, you know, it can get heated. Uh, people have hung up on that call. There have been some <laughs> bad words said. And, uh, and actually, we just got off of it. We finished yesterday. So for the first part of this week, we've been re-ranking this class based on the rivals camps and the seven-on-sevens. And those new rankings come out next week. Uh, I'm really excited for them. And my boy, Michael Thompson, will be moving up in those rankings. Those are good days on Twitter for you, aren't they, the day after ranking? Uh, yeah, especially on message boards, too. <laughs> Let me tell you what. I uh, Tennessee is really that, – that's really where my bread's been buttered lately. They've been <laughs> telling me to perform – fellatio and co-workers and whatnot it's been real fun over there it's all country that's that that's part of that championship what do they win there the championship life championship, life championship. <laughs> the champions life. they're also the champions of insults man i'm telling you i've been called every name in the book that's awesome. uh, my last one i got um t- michael thompson will be up in indiana f- or indianapolis for the five-star challenge which who's maybe an offensive lineman i know you probably don't know every guy or lineman that's going to going to be there maybe you do Who's somebody that you're looking forward to seeing him going up against that, that'll present a good challenge for him? You know, selfishly, it'll be the Florida guys. Because, you know, Thompson's one of those guys I wish lived down here so I could see how he would do. Mm-hmm. But So you've got your William Barnes uh, from down here who's got a number of different offers. We'll probably end up at Florida. You've got your Delone Scafey who will go up against Thompson uh, who's committed to Miami who did really, really well at our Miami event. You know, Florida's not known for offensive linemen, and there are better ones. You know, they are good linemen in Georgia right now. they are good linemen in the Midwest right now. 
but from kind of a selfish standpoint, I just kind of want to see Thompson wreck these guys. <laughs> uh, I think giving the kids crap too. That's the, that's the best part. Like when when the kids get smoked by like a Midwestern guy, when the Florida kids do, I really really like to let them hear about. <laughs> All right, Rob, we'll, we'll, we'll do another podcast sometime where you tell us why Frank Martin wants you fired. But nobody on this podcast has publicly called for your job, so I just want that out there. That's good. And, you know, next time we can compare, you know, whose baseball team makes them more miserable. Um, not blew a great one last night, Diarmid. Let me tell you what. Yeah, <laughs> not Rob is a Mets fan. He and I are sharing misery this summer while Brian's Cardinals continue to march toward the playoffs and want to fire their manager every night. So. Beefits, baby. Beefits. Nice. <laughs> All right, Rob. All right, Thanks, Thanks for having me on, Brian. Yeah, see you. Have a good one. Rob Cassidy. It covers Florida, but uh, again, Josh Helmholt had uh, family ob- obligations last week, so Rob kind of filled in and, and checked out some of those kids at camp. And look, I, I think, Brian, we've pretty much put our impressions out there. I, I thought it was interesting. I did trade a couple messages with uh, Ronnie Perkins after that camp, and he said, you know, they were – he was trying to play a little bit different technique than he usually does because they were light at certain positions at the camp. So, I mean, he said, I, I could have had a better day, you know, and, and I think he will have better days, but he's one of those kids that I think might be a better college player than high school player when he gets somewhere that somebody pushes him and kicks his butt a little bit every day. Right, and, I mean, those camps aren't in pads. These guys are just in yeah. the, the helmets now and, and shirts and shorts. It's a whole. It's almost a whole different game pretty close especially for linemen yeah and they they got rules about not bull rushing and there's limited there's limited uh moves you can make and things like that so i mean ronnie had a tough day but he'll be fine the kid's super talented you look at him i mean he's he's developed his body now he looks like a college player already um he's still got his whole senior season to go through so um you can't call him ronell perkins little brother anymore he's just (laughs) his younger brother (laughs) yeah so, okay, so the Tiger 10, which has basically become the Tiger 7. Seven yeah. um, Cameron Brown to Nebraska. I, I don't know that that one's over, but it's at least over for right. now. Mario Goodrich to Nebraska. I think that one is over. Yeah. I, I don't see anybody opening that back up. And, and that's then, a guy that we had heard Missouri really liked, really yeah. thought was going to be a heck of a corner the next level so that one that one hurts a little bit you can replace like Cameron Brown like no no offense to Cameron Brown I think he's a good player but like receivers are imminently replaceable what I was told about Goodrich two months ago is they don't make six two guys who can move like he can and play cornerback right those guys play in the NFL right yeah especially in Missouri right in your backyard and in Kansas City where Missouri used to get a lot of the they used to get almost yeah, everybody, everybody they that they wanted out of there and yeah the last i guess i don't know f- I, five or six years it doesn't seem like it's been that way. i wonder if that has anything to do with the sec move because i mean missouri's on the outskirts of the sec and kansas city and kansas city's more. on the outskirts of missouri like it right. is not an sec town it, the the missouri fans who are there are diehard missouri fans and are obviously sec fans but Nebraska's in the Big Ten. Got a lot of fans there. Iowa State has a decent number of fans there. KU and K-State have fans there. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State aren't that right. far away. I mean, none of those teams are in the SEC. Like, you don't find Arkansas or Tennessee fans in Missouri or in, in Kansas yet, City. somehow Chester Graves ended up at Ole Miss. So. <laughs> True. But uh, so then then the one, uh, the, the other kid in this 10, Daniel Carson comes out with the top 11 and Missouri is not in it. And, uh, but Iowa State is. Which... Yeah, it was interesting to me because, like, look, on one hand, 
I, like, that's good for Missouri in that yeah. he's not coming here. Like, we posted three weeks ago, the the kid, we're told, isn't going to take an official visit to Missouri. Mm-hmm. Missouri's not in his top group. So you might as well publicly say that, and everybody knows, and Missouri can move on. Uh, it, you know, it, I find it funny. Fans complain when, well, we're just in the top ten as a courtesy, but then complain when, when they're, they're not, not in, in the, the top, top ten, 10 as, as a courtesy. courtesy. And, yeah. and I get it. And, and look – I understand that that's a little concerning not even to be in the top 11 and and I don't really know why and frankly I'm not going to spend my time trying to find right. out why but uh, you know Mario Goodrich hey he liked Nebraska Cam Brown whatever but and not to be in the top 11 like I understand why some people are saying um what the hell's going on here right I know Missouri is a, a little I mean not I want to say late but just a little I mean Oklahoma offered yeah. before some other Nebraska KU yeah some other schools just uh, we're, got on board with him sooner for whatever reason. Uh, maybe that played a role in it. I mean, there's so many factors that goes right. into that, as you know. Maybe he doesn't like the uniforms. It, right, you know? yeah. Maybe he went to Columbia and he didn't think there's anything to do there. I, right. I, who knows? Yeah. Um, but the one defensive line is so deep in state, that's a positive mm-hmm. that they can still fall back on. And they've been able to go out and get defensive linemen from all over the place, guys that yeah. – played basketball in high school and <laughs> I've heard I've heard yeah so I I mean I understand the the angst and the concern um but you're not going to know how all this pans out for four years you right. take your time take a breath try to enjoy hey, we told everybody it was going to be a roller coaster ride right, this year that was right. going to drive them to the brink but and, and let's take the flip side of this like nobody who was reasonable thought Missouri was getting eight of these 10 kids. No, yeah, not- now it's a little disconcerting. I guess that three of them are already off the board, but if you get five of the remaining seven, you still kind of hit the target that we've set, right. which is if you can get half of them, you're all right. Right. The only, I mean, there was some talk, I guess if Missouri just somehow had a miraculous season and right. won 10 or 11 games and you never know, but even then it was like a super, like you're talking about, five percent chance maybe that all 10 guys are going to show up it it was never likely at all so it's I can see the disappointment but yeah just see what happens you need you need these guys to wait and take their time and give Missouri a chance to prove that they can compete this season as Rob said he thinks that these guys want a reason to go to Missouri mm-hmm. I mean if that's the case I, then I, I mean you feel like they got to give them a chance to go on the field and show it you can't want to go there and want him to have a good season and then commit but then commit early and right. not give him a chance and, to do it. And I think that's particularly true of Trevor Trout and Ronnie Perkins. Like everybody seems to think these kids are looking they're they want Missouri to give them a reason to say yes. Uh Cameron Babb again, I've I've heard a lot of things that lead me to believe that Missouri has a much better chance at him. Michael Thompson, yeah. you know, I, I think they have a much better chance at him. And because so, if you get Trout and Perkins, I mean, you know, right. they're going to be working on Thompson pretty hard. And so the bar is five. But if you were to get Bab, Perkins, Trout, and Thompson, like, I think that's good. Yeah. Like, even if you miss on all the rest of them, right. if you're only going to get four, you, you you got four of the top ten, but you also got four of the top five. Right. That's a, I mean, yeah, that would be a good pull for him. And a lot of guys that could come in and, I mean, Thompson's a guy with the build that he has could probably come in and well, contribute as a freshman. I mean, yeah, and, and all of a sudden, by the way, as you pointed out last night, 
I, like Missouri might just run an 11-0-0 defense with 11 defensive tackles yeah. on the field. Like they have 19 Juco kids that came in this year, plus Kobe Whitesides and uh, Caleb Sampson, Sampson out of high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just had a story this morning on Antar Thompson, who's going to be a December graduate, who I think Missouri's in excellent shape Akeel with. Byers is going to be in. Yeah, Akeel Byers. I mean, you know, Markel Utzi's coming back. Terry Beckner, who knows? Does he stay one more year? I right. mean, all of a sudden, they've gone from – they didn't. They couldn't even field two teams in the spring. To they have a lot of dudes at that position, right? And I guess the challenge then for the coaches is to get uh, get them all together on the same page. And I mean, mm-hmm. it almost seems like they have too many. I guess you can't ever have too many, but they yeah. they're getting close. I, I mean, I, I've always been told it's the second hardest position to recruit in college football, right behind cornerback. So yeah. You and can never have too many of them. I, I just kind of wonder, here's just spitballing, what guys like Malik Young and uh, and Walter, Walter Palmer are thinking, like with all these other dudes coming in, coming in the, with Akil Byers coming in late and things like that. The I, good thing is so many of them are JUCOs that they are spaced out a little bit. Right, like, yeah, exactly. You know, you've got a two- and three-year gap. seven guys in one class, which – Right. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, mention the story on Antar Thompson. Hope you guys go read that. I mean – like, Brian, it was like a three-year running joke. Yeah. Whatever happened to Antar Thompson? And our answer was just, we have no freaking idea what happened to Antar Thompson, and now we know. I think it's it's fair to say Pete wouldn't be upset about this. He he legitimately got upset when people asked about it on <laughs> yes. the message board. <laughs> yes. I mean, I thought that I covered Sheldon Richardson's recruitment for a long time. <laughs> now, Sheldon was every day. But, I mean, Antar Thompson, literally, when I was writing that story last night, I figured out, he committed to Missouri when they were in the Big 12. Right. Like, yeah. his high school doesn't exist anymore. That's how long Where'd ago. Where'd go? He, I forget. Maplewood, Richmond Heights. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's how long ago he committed. I think they just don't have football. I think they're <laughs> oh, still, right? yeah, it just doesn't have football anymore. Okay. Well, the football team doesn't. I, so, <laughs> that's how long it's been. And now this kid is, I, I, and look. He's going to be 22 years old when he gets on campus, wherever he gets on campus. And at that position in this league, you can't overstate the importance of going against – he's going to be going against a 19-year-old offensive guard. Right. And I know Alabama offered. I I don't know what the situation is. Alabama, Arkansas, South Carolina, Florida State. Florida State, that was the other really big one I was trying to think of. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody – anytime – Alabama or Florida State offer a defensive tackle, you know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but we yeah. really, really, really want this guy. He's, and, look, he's got a kid that's about to turn four. He's got his girlfriend. I just don't see this kid moving to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Yeah. I, I, I don't see it. It's going to be – I think K-State's a factor because they offered him really early and mm-hmm. stayed in contact with him. But I think Missouri has an excellent shot at him. Um, We can't go through a podcast without talking about Missouri basketball. <laughs> So, um, the, the big 12 boycott of Missouri continues as Missouri is not in the sec big 12 challenge. And it is not actually a big 12 boycott because they're playing Iowa state this year. They've played Oklahoma, Oklahoma state and K state. So that's a joke. I, the, the teams left out of it were the bottom four teams in the sec standings. So maybe it's that simple, but to me, like if I'm in the sec office, I'm sitting here before we release this thing. Can we maybe find a way to get Michael Porter in this? Right. Yeah. You know, I, I'm surprised. One of the the probably the most talked about basketball team outside of Lexington in the SEC. It has to be. I There's think, no doubt. Maybe more I so. I think than, Missouri has been talked about this offseason more than any team in America. N- North Carolina won a national title, and Missouri has more buzz than North Carolina right now. 
Yeah, you would think Greg Sankey and who, whoever the basketballs are yeah. is now. I don't. They change it every couple of years to some other Big East guy. It seems like. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, you would think they would have been able to figure something out with that and get the limelight on one of their most uh, teams with the most buzz. But I, I mean. Missouri will play whoever they put in front of them, right. I assume. So. Yeah, and, and kind of along those lines, I was talking to Justin Rowland, who does our Kentucky side at the camp in St. Louis last week. And you know that Greg Sankey goes to bed every night and says a prayer to whoever he says prayers to. Please let Missouri and Kentucky play in the SEC final in St. Louis in 2018. Yeah. And and every merchant in St. Louis is saying the right. same thing. Every hotel, every yeah restaurant. I mean, that would be... It'd be quite the uh, in- environment inside the Scott Trade Center. Yeah, it'd be a heck. I mean, Kentucky or, fans are going to show up no matter where it is. Right. But to have the local team uh, there, well, because I'm would sure be Ballpark some... Village would be full then, because they put mm-hmm. big games on up on the jumbo screen in there, and yeah, it'd be it'd be a pretty cool weekend for sure. It's the, uh, the boats. PTs, not that I know what that is. I've just heard of it. You know, they, those places other, are all doing business that week. There's a few other drinking establishments, yeah, around the area. <laughs> so, um, all right, let's just kind of run through. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think it's next Tuesday. Missouri has its first camp. That um, sounds I, right. I haven't seen. I don't know if you have. Like when they're in St. Louis and when they're in Kansas City. Or no, they're I doing a satellite camp with Lindenwood sometime. I don't remember the exact date. The rules for those camps have changed again. They're different than they were last year. Um, it, it doesn't look like Missouri's released much about it. They'll be at the Lindenwood camp doing something. Um, you would think if they're able to, they'll be in Nashville, Atlanta, Dallas, Houston, maybe somewhere in Alabama Orleans. this year. Yeah, Montgomery. Yeah, I think they seem to really like Montgomery. Um, so yeah, the camp season's getting close. Um, this is a time where I mean. A few names emerge of kids that come and earn offers. I mean, that's I how Tanner I don't Owen... know what to think of camp season this year because they sent these 10 in-state offers out so early. Right. And, like, they haven't offered anybody else. No. And they've seen these kids. Now, they haven't seen them in person at their camp, so maybe if they see a kid in person, it's, hey, we're good. But, like, I don't really get the impression there is a next wave of in-state offers. No, it doesn't seem like it. I mean, we'd heard that the Tyron clark kid that came to the uh rivals st. Louis, yeah, yeah st louis to the combine and then earned an invite back to the uh the camp the next day is a guy they might want to look at um caleb marquez has always been a name i've heard he plays a unique position he's Louis a fullback yeah. h-back kind of guy uh but he doesn't really have any big offers yet i think like western illinois is his biggest offer so he's a he's a baseball player too so i don't know if schools are holding off on that they're there's a few other guys. Devin Haney's a guy that got Northern Illinois commit, but I, I, it well, doesn't seem like they'll ever go on him. I mean, they have, at this point, well over 200 offers out. Right. Which tells me, like, if you don't have one, you're probably not getting one before kids start coming off the board. Like, right, you're, I could be wrong. Senior, but. You're talking about senior season kids now yeah, that might yeah, get yeah. an offer in what, October, I guess, something like that. Yeah, I mean, almost to me, it's, Let's see some more game film on you. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen for these in-state guys who they know. I don't know what happens in the next two months to get You're an offer to if you don't have really, one. really just look different at a camp than they've looked any other time. And Yeah, you're almost going to have to show up, and they're going to have to go, wait, did we see that kid on film? Right. It, like, it's a different guy. So, it'll, yeah. it's uh, it's still fun to follow, though. I mean, even if there aren't a lot of offers, the 
Night at the Zoo is probably going to happen sometime coming up. July 21st, I think, was what we had been told. So they last year that worked for them. I think they they got four or five commits out of that. Right within, I know Aubrey Miller and Jamal Brooks committed like the next day. Larry Borum committed the day of, I think, and then wide receiver from Texas that ended up uh, signing. Right. I don't even remember what his name was, but Roderick Ford. <laughs> yes, it. And, and then go. Chris Turner obviously ended up um, committing. Right. We knew he probably would. We thought he might at that camp. He did later. By the way, I was told uh, last night Chris Turner is now 6'4", 245 pounds. Uh, not bad. You know, so he's put on about 25 pounds since Missouri ranked him and looked for him maybe to be that, oh, wait, he was a two-star? Yeah. Maybe not, you know. So, uh yeah, camp season coming up. Uh, basketball right now. Hey, Jonte Porter committed at some point. He's going to tell everyone, I think, that he's coming next August or June or whatever, but he is going to be on the team next year, and that's kind of it. Now we wait to see what happens next year. Is this the most talented Missouri team you've ever covered? I, I've got a really hard time saying. Most talented one I've covered, I can see that. Most talented one I've seen, like, Look, I watched the 1991 team with Chile, uh, with uh, Peeler and Doug Smith and all those. Mm-hmm. Like, that team was really good. Right. It was the one we talked to about uh, that LaFonso Ellis was talking right. about a couple weeks ago. Yeah, like, they went up to Notre Dame and got Spain. Yeah, just sheer talent. I've got a hard time before most of these kids play a game saying right. that they are. But on paper, it's clearly the best class Missouri's ever had, at least since people started, like, paying Looking attention to it. Um, and... Once November 10th against Iowa State comes around, on paper means, you know, about as much as wadding it up and throwing it in the garbage. Yeah, exactly. How many times have you been asked about the starting lineup? Um, one more now. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't ask. Yeah. I didn't ask you to say what it was going to be. I just asked how many times. <laughs> and, and all I know is I think what it is on Friday, November 10th will not be <laughs> what it is in the SEC tournament. We'll say that. Um, I'd say that's a f- Safe bet. Yeah, yeah I, I think it will change. So, uh, anyway, wanted to catch you guys up on last weekend. Um, check out the Antar Thompson story. If you missed it earlier this week, our discussion with uh, with Rourke Cutchlow, the strength and conditioning coach. And, Brian, we'll just end on this. I mean, I talked to Antar Thompson and Rourke Cutchlow in the same week. Like, I got nothing left to do, man. That's <laughs> no, it's, it's never getting better than that. Heading to Omaha, play some golf, <laughs> yeah. enjoy the weekend. It, it, it's like Captain Ahab got Moby yeah. Dick and his brother in the same day. <laughs> and You know, I'm done, man. I'm out. So uh, I guess we'll show up next Thursday and figure out something to talk about. But it can't possibly be that good. So <laughs> thanks for listening. We'll talk to you in a week.